let me start the recording uh switch screens here and yeah uh thank you guys for showing up a little bit early uh this is our 23rd 22nd episode or session of ophion depending on your preferred numbering scheme uh of course uh i do have some announcements before we do the captain's log um the first is obviously we are at a new time uh we are an hour er earlier than usual so 2 15 uh, edt uh, i believe that is gmt minus four now um we're doing that because our uh, our lovely first officer has had a, 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 a small schedule change and this is so that we can keep him in the game and keep him for at least a majority of the session um i think it'll work out but uh you know things could happen things could not we'll see um, the other announcement I have is, uh, I have to do a little bit of shilling here, so you'll have to excuse me for a few, few moments. Um, I got about four or five emails and comments on YouTube, uh, that, uh, people were interested in a podcast format, and, uh, I did a little bit of digging, uh, did a little bit of research, and the best hosting service I could find for such a podcast uh, costs about $30 a month, and it would only let me upload um, somewhere in the neighborhood of two or maybe three episodes a month. Now, I don't mind doing that, but uh, as I was telling Panek before the session, you know, that would kind of eat into my food budget. And as much as I love the hobby, I don't want to have to eat ramen 24-7. Uh, so, uh, this will probably be one of the very few times I say this on stream. Um, but I would really appreciate it uh, if any of you listening or watching, uh, if you could give me a follow on Twitch, because uh, once we hit the 50 follower mark, I can enable subscribers and then uh, maybe I'll get some subs. Maybe I won't. Uh, but even one or two subs would go a long way towards, uh, you know, reaching that sort of podcast payoff type thing. Um other than that, uh, you know, I'm excited for today's session. Uh, I think it'll be a good one. Um, and yeah, I think we're ready for the captain's log. <clears throat> captain's log, stardate 55486.3. Our engineers have been working for several weeks attempting to, re to reverse some of the damage caused by the Vahiri, as well as Merthrin and Maddox's attempts to repel them. Meanwhile, I've received word that the Aegis is escorting some science and engineering teams to this planet. They should be here within the next few days. Once they arrive, they will be establishing some minimal fortifications so as not to attract attention from some curious Ferengi. We've taken the time to explore the nearby systems, looking for more traces of the Vahiri, but have found no trace, no sign whatsoever. It's possible that our theories are correct and that they were somehow temporarily displaced. Maddox and Merthrin assure me that the Takan Gateway is once again functional and stable and ready to turn over to their new caretakers. We will be proceeding through it to the, to a, the sister Tacon facility, estimated 65 light years from here. Probes and other tests show no immediate threat on the other side. The last time we entered a portal, we found a new galaxy. I don't think that this will be as, as monumental, but that's the point of exploring, isn't it? As the crew begins withdrawing from the surface, I find myself drawn to a piece of Vahiri wreckage on the planet. Something about introspection, I guess. End log. All right. And sure enough, we are going to start off the session uh, with Captain Skull, uh, Lieutenant Commander Panek, 
and uh, a few red shirts, uh, security officers that are with you. And yeah, Skull, you have more or less tracked down a remnant of the Vohiri, uh, you know, the giant craft that was at one time considered a dreadnought. Um, at best, you're probably looking at a hull fragment that is maybe three meters by four meters. Um, scans show that uh, it is still kind of soaked in radiation, so you can't get too close unless you really want to go see Beckett. Um, but yeah, I'm going to let you run your scene. I'm just going to get as close as I can so it feels nice, warm, and tingly, but not dangerously so. And I'm just going to pick up my uh, hollow camera that I've brought and just take some personal pictures. Uh, standard uh, standard uh, coverage of the uh, fragment. Uh, and I want to want to look out for any uh, any possible remaining uh, Vohiri in this installation. Mm. I, I we've been th- we've been over this planet for two weeks, uh, Lieutenant Commander. I highly suspect that there's or I highly suspect that there's not any Vahiri left. Although I do applaud your um, thoroughness on the matter. Thank you. Uh, it is only only a precau- standard protocol and precaution. Uh, there may be still be insurgents who have uh, on the ground. I'm curious. Um, do you have um, an artist's interpretation of what you, what lies before you, Mr. Panek? Uh, beg your pardon, Captain. Mm, well, when I look at this massive hall plate and the carnage it wrecked when it hit the ground at, I would say, nearly terminal velocity, I can't help but feel slightly ash- slightly ashamed that we probably caused the extinction of the Vahiris. Like, I understand that there were a hostile species and posed an immediate threat to uh, the safety and security of both your, both us and this sector as a whole, and we uh, had to do what we had to do. And you and the crew, of course, have received commendations for your actions, but uh, they, all of them are dead nonetheless. The loss of life is absolutely regrettable, Captain. Not only because uh, we have destroyed uh, another species, so, uh, or at least a portion of them, uh, we have lost the opportunity to interact and discover more about them. Agreed kind of wish that the wreck was still around so that we could at least gain an understanding of what they valued. You can learn a lot from a civilization's architecture. We will have to be content with the few fragments we have. However, uh, and I'll motion back towards the installation, we have another uh, another uh, adventure waiting for us. Uh, we get to explore uh, the very little known Dakan Empire. Agreed. Still, the the Takan keep giving us new information about themselves. And the Vahiri are probably just going to be now a footnote in the galaxy's history. Um, as I do that, I'm going to wander around the backside of the hull plate, find something fairly large to see if I can't get a look on the underside of it. Um, flip it over. Just because, you know, this is a shits and giggles slash good time for silly momentum rolls. Uh, go ahead and roll me a uh, a fitness plus security. 
Uh, and uh, we'll set the difficulty to zero. So, free momentum. You don't know how bad my fitness and security are. So, we'll see. <laughs> Freak up. Hails himself on a piece of it. Hey, yep. Well, uh, good thing it was difficulty zero, so you still do that. You just don't get any momentum. <laughs> Fair enough. I look at the underside of the hull plate, which was most likely part of the interior hull, and you know, see, you can see some sort of scorch marks where they've carved in. I guess perhaps their deity or maybe their king. Not a, not a very great visage of him. I'll Believe that it's phaser scoring, sir. An artist's interpretation, then, as I continue to take pictures. <laughs> All right. Well, I suspect time is almost up, Commander. Um, Skull to Mirthrin. Mirthrin here. Uh, how goes the evacuation, Chief? Uh, out of character, which evacuation? Uh, the, the one on the uh, planet. Yeah, the evacuation of our personnel back to the ship. Well, proceeding on schedule, the facility's in a good enough state that we can leave it for the time being. Wonderful. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Panek and I are heading back to the ship. We should be ready to depart in two hours. I have everything ready. uh, out of character, we still got the trucks to Jammond, right? Because I'm pretty sure we have to like go back to Space Dock to repair that. So um, I did a little bit of research on that. Um, your damage was actually not sufficient enough to warrant Space Dock um, because it was to the one nacelle. And since you've had several weeks, I would say you probably could have repaired okay, cool. it no problem. Okay, because that will change what I was about to say. Okay. Yes, uh, the cell's all repaired up and ready to go, so we should be ready to proceed through the dimensional gate on your order. Fantastic. I will see you back on the Ophion shortly. All right. Hello, yeah. Captain. We seem to be constantly uh, finding these these uh, rabbit holes, as you would say, to, to other places. Yes. Although, thankfully, this one does not seem to be um, accompanied by a blue-skinned female Q. Uh, and then he'll just, I'll just kind of look around real quick. <laughs> so, Skull, you see behind Panek when he's not looking, there's a momentary flash of a blue female, and she just kind of waves and disappears again. I'm really starting to think it might be time for me to start taking my medication again. Skull to Ophion, four to beam up. Alright, so uh, yeah, all, all of you return to the Ophion. And uh, yeah, you guys have about uh, two hours before you have to, quote-unquote, go through the portal. Um, so as usual, uh, if anyone else has any sort of uh, inter-session uh, RP they want to get done, uh, I know Locke, you wanted to do some research. Um, so why don't we start there? Um, so both for the benefit of, uh, recording sake and for those who might be watching, uh, which project did you decide you wanted to start on first? I think we uh, keep working on the idea of the, the subspace slash dimension shift transporters. Okay. Um, I'll let you define this. Would you say you're still in the formative theory stage or have you moved on to practical testing at this point? 
I think he's probably still in the formative theory stage, trying to find the best way if it's uh, using the uh, subspace or a different dimensional thing, figuring out which implementation works. Maybe incorporating some of that new Scotty transport beaming technology, ah. the initial formulas. Um, let's say then that this can either be a reason or an insight science. Uh, I'm going to make the difficulty a four just because it is a complex subject. So it's reason and science. Difficulty mm-hmm. four. We have no momentum. Ooh. Mm, I don't think any of my values apply for just drilling around with research. So I'm going to start off the game really fun and give you three threat. Okay. I will gladly take threat. And focus maybe gadgeteering, data analysis. Um, I would think data, data analysis would definitely yeah. apply for the formative stages. Yeah. Pouring through the research notes. Nope, that might work. Nope, nope. That will turn us inside out. Mm. This might work only for genetically engineered and have an extremely high pain tolerance. Hey, would you look at that? That is four successes. Uh, so yeah, uh, Locke, what I'll say uh, happens is, uh, again, as you kind of pour through the data that is on hand, uh, a bit of inspiration strikes you. And... It, it occurs to you that the, uh, well, I guess the science uh, behind the Scotty Transwarp uh, transportation, um, it's easily replicatable. Um, however, the, the key difference between what you're doing and what Scotty was doing um, is that you somehow have to now figure out how to reduce a pattern um a you know like a human pattern or whatever you're transporting you you have to reduce that in such a way that it can be transmitted over subspace and uh kind of the the same problem voyager ran into when they tried to transmit the doctor uh over the herogen data network um even a hologram is a tremendous amount of data so a actual like humanoid pattern is the same kind of problem so you have to figure out how to either increase the bandwidth or compress the signal. Okay, yeah. So that's my, my Matic and I are probably doing at the moment, trying to compress the information stream and work on the, 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 the buffering. Okay. And uh, so that you can keep me honest, uh, I'm going to say this is one out of three successful tasks. Um, and I'll let you do a task uh, pretty much every session that uh, it seems that we can start the session or end the session with. Sounds fair. So, so probably sitting in my science station with like five pads going over the math and data. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mirthrin, uh, did you have anything? Or Skull or Panek, did you guys have any supplementary things? Uh, I'm good. And I'm, I don't think, I'm not sure this is roleplay worthy, but I think Mirthrin sort of, after a great deal of getting distracted and forgetting about it, going back to that um, uh, prototype rifle from Svarja's race that we found. Okay. Okay. And basically he's like, okay, well, I, I, now that Svarja's here, I can sort of get 
maybe a few insights into the basic principle by like comparing the prototype to her weapon and like see if there's a way to sort of miniaturize the technology and maybe make it a little less lethal hmm um would you or would you not uh have approached sparja herself about this uh yes he would have okay um you know i don't actually have a a nice armory thing i think i archived it so yay theater of the mind uh so yeah uh we'll say uh after getting clearance from shatsu uh you are given clearance to begin uh sort of tinkering uh, with the Fryqua weapon. And uh, when Sparja joins you and uh, she sees you take the prototype out, uh, she immediately just kind of smiles and says, ah, yes, the prototype Type 6 rifle. A little bit more primitive than mine, but it uh, still does the job. Uh, yes, uh, I was hoping to maybe compare it to yours and sort of figure out a bit the basic working principle behind it. I mean, we've got the basic idea down but not enough to reliably reproduce uh may i and she kind of motions for you to hand her the rifle oh of course hands it over uh so immediately once she's got it in hand she kind of begins field stripping it and uh she just starts taking parts off of it and kind of on a we'll say there's a table she just kind of lays it all out on a table and she begins pointing out certain things uh so one particular thing she points out and says and as you can see here, uh, these coils are self-sustaining, and they provide the miniaturized uh, subspace displacement field, which accelerates the projectile. Uh, the ah, projectile, I see. the uh, the yes, I, I, I had completely the wrong idea. I was trying to figure out how the power source was able to generate the subspace field on its own. Ah, well, that is a that is a little bit of uh, Fryqua engineering. Uh, we think. Rather, I think. Uh, I think the operational time on this rifle, uh, firing full throttle 24-7, uh, is about three months. So, you know, these coils have a lot of energy stored in them. Uh, it has come in the past where uh, someone I knew actually used the coils as a uh, sort of a grenade in a tight situation. <clears throat> Oh, this is giving me ideas, because, I mean, if you can store that much energy in those things, I mean, I, I could probably repurpose this technology for a phaser power pack, because our, our phasers are designed to draw energy from anything they might require in the field. So this could actually ha help give us a lot more energy life on the phasers, and, and he'll just start going natter, 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 tech talk, techno babble, techno babble. Well, actually, she was going to ask. Um question uh Merthrin. has your species or i guess rather starfleet at all or really any race uh in uh the alpha or beta quadrant uh has anyone ever harnessed the ability to just sort of throw the power pack into a fire and charge it that way out of character i think so uh, i'm sure some klingon did it before like i vaguely remember something happening like that but definitely wouldn't be typical uh not to the best of my knowledge no i mean our power packs are designed to draw energy from as many sources as possible just to make them um, uh, more versatile in the field but it usually has to be rendered into some sort of uh, electromagnetic 
uh, energy or electricity. Hmm. Well, again, uh, I'm no scientist, but I think I understand the basic principle of such things. And uh, she'll kind of pull up a pad and she'll be in typing out very, very basic formula that she probably learned just as a soldier. Uh, that... But it's still probably very useful to me. Yeah. So, you know, she just kind of hands it over and says... Uh, again, I, you'd have to adapt it for your technology, and assuming I remembered the formula right, that should give you at least uh, some kind of thermokinetic or uh, thermogenetic uh, sort of charging capabilities. So, hang on a second. There's a fourth term on this formula that I wasn't expecting to be there. What's that for? Uh, she looks at the symbol and says, ah, you have to account for the not only the resistance of the power pack, but you also have to account for the high temperature that it accident it doesn't accidentally set off uh, the uh, power pack itself. It's a it's a very delicate thing uh, if you're using the wrong materials. Interesting. I don't think I've. I mean, I've seen a few papers back at the academy about the interplay of high temperatures with this type of subspace interaction, but I mean, it's still in the theoretical stage for us. Interesting, 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 interesting. And, uh, oh, so, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. Please continue. And, and the, so basically just goes over and out of character, basically like the, the prototype we've got here is does a lot of damage, but overheats quickly and has a long cooldown. Mm-hmm. And what he's looking for is maybe making like a a one-handed version of it, which isn't as uh, which isn't as powerful in terms of raw damage, but doesn't overheat as quickly. Hmm. I would say this would be perhaps a insight plus engineering, because you are kind of trying to gather data from a uh, an alien technology source. Um, of course, I will accept arguments for other things. Um, oh, I'm going to say an alien technology source. Yeah, I'm going to say difficulty here. Let's also make this a four. That way, it's standard. All righty. Don't think. Uh, hmm. Uh, just looking over town to see if I've got anything that changes it. Don't think so. So I think I'll just do a standard check to see what happens. Okay. Uh, what was it again? Uh, Insight plus engineering. Unless you have an argument for something better. Oh, that, that, that is a good stat for me. I'm just thinking this, this is the extended task stuff, right? Um, no, actually, um, this no. is sort of the same way as Locke's role. Uh, it is a sort of cross-session extended task where you get to do so many roles per session and you need a certain All number right. of successes. Trying until... Yeah. Yeah. All righty. All right, let's just do a standard roll, see what I get off the bat. All right. So... Either because you just aren't able to comprehend a way to reduce the size of the power pack, 
or that the uh, overheating problem is by design rather than a flaw. Um, I mean, you still get some ideas, but I'd say for this, the purposes of uh, mechanic-wise, you are still very much in the uh, formative stages of uh, trying to reduce this to like a pistol-type weapon. Probably get a, quite a few ideas for stuff, uh, alternative applications for the power coils, but in terms of the actual weapon, yeah, early days, early days. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anyone else have any scenes they want to get out of the way? I forget what that 4CD on the sheet stands for. Uh, challenge dice. All right, that's like the damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to meet Svarja privately in her quarters. In her quarters or your office? Her quarters. And of course, the one thing I don't have is a freaking quarters <laughs> map. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll just continue to use theater of the mind here. Um, I don't think it was ever said, would you have put her up in a full officer's quarters or would you have just given her uh, sort of standard quarters? I'd probably do standard, but I don't know what Skull would have wanted. Yeah, probably just standard. Okay. Uh, so it is going to be one of the smaller uh, quarters on board the Ophion, but, you know, it's uh, it's more than enough for her. And, uh, yeah, you, you kind of go to the door, you, you chime, and Sparja just says, come in. Uh, excuse me, Miss Sparja, may I intrude? Uh, you see that she is currently sitting uh, cross-legged. Uh, at a table, and she appears to be uh, reading, like, a physical book. Um, and you are able to tell that the book cover is of mice and men. Uh, I wanted to take a moment to ascertain your thoughts and current state of mind in regard to your predicament. Uh, un- undoubtedly, the parallels between... Uh, your situation and the Vohiri, if they were indeed temporarily displaced, uh, are quite similar. Hmm. Uh, she marks her place, puts down the book on the table, and kind of gives you her full, full attention. And she says, Honestly, I don't know that I've really thought about it. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of possibly returning to my own time, but... If there's anything I know about time travel, and granted that's not much, uh, I kind of know that that sort of thing kind of introduces more problems than it fixes. Uh, granted, I know that kind of leaves me kind of as the only remaining Fryqua unless they flourished uh, in the Andromeda Galaxy, but I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm sort of on the fence about it. Uh, we have a quite commendable counselor here, uh, if you should acquire her services. Uh, but it would appear for the time being that you will be uh, on the Ophion uh, until, I guess, Starfleet Command can uh, decide uh, what actions should be taken in regard to your own freedoms. Uh, not that you are detained or anything. Uh, would you be, however... incredibly convincingly. <laughs> however uh, I believe the human term is uh, we do not give free rides would you be uh, able to start taking on uh, responsibilities aboard the ship 
I suppose that would depend on the, the responsibilities. Uh, as you know, I am uh, an ex-soldier, I suppose, at this point. So if you have any security-type details you need handling, I would be more than happy to uh, lend my assistance. Uh, I would like you to begin with uh, working in conjunction with Ms. Shatsu, or Lieutenant Shatsu, uh, providing uh, drill training and uh, giving lessons in any types of uh, physical hand-to-hand -hand combat or martial arts that you happen to be versed in. Uh, Ms. Shatsu, of course, will do the same for you so that we are uh, on the same page, as it were. There's no reason that we can't learn from your skill sets and you from ours. Understood. I will uh, draw up a lesson plan, I believe is the expression. Very good. I believe having something to do will uh, help center your mind in regards to being uh, alone, as it were. Have I impressed how incredibly alone you are upon you? <laughs> <laughs> Not very tactful tonight. Sparja either doesn't seem to catch the nuance or it just doesn't bother her and she just says I guess we'll have to see and the shipping intensifies <laughs> uh, that is all I, I wish to speak to you about Miss Sparja uh, thank you for your time let me return to your book and yeah uh, on your way out she does again pick up her book and continues on reading um all right, uh, let's do a last call because we are kind of uh, already at like 30 to 45 minutes. So do anybody else have any scenes before we go through the portal? I'm good. Going once, going twice. All right, so uh, so uh, the a lot of time passes and Skull, you just have to give the order to uh, go through the portal at this point. Very well. Yell alert, raise shields. Right. Miss Sona, take us through half impulse. All right, so on cue, uh, Sona sends the command signal to the Takan facility uh, via this sort of like interface relay that your engineers had set up. Um, this sets off a chain, of, a chain of events, and the most prominent of which is the gathering of an electrical field around the facility itself. And as the field sort of reaches peak charge, it arcs upwards and tears through the atmosphere right into subspace. Uh, the more power devoted to this tear, the bigger the resulting uh, opening. And soon you're looking at an aperture large enough to accommodate the Ophion. And everything seems to check out on the green, both on the ship and with the facility and the portal itself. So she just has to kind of fly you on in. Um... So as the Ophion kind of dips somewhat into the upper atmosphere and slides into this portal, um, there is a momentary sense of weightlessness as the gravity plating across the Ophion cuts out for just like a few seconds. And there's also sort of a resulting turn of the stomach for the more queasy individuals on board. Uh, but very quickly, when you transition to the other side, all of that fixes itself. And yeah, you are... Uh, in the middle of a system, uh, the D39D system, uh, that is very similar to the one you just left. Uh, by that I mean uh, it has a standard soul-like sun, uh, it has some class D planets, and it also has a class L planet, uh, which you are closer to uh, than the other planets. And this class L, uh, both because of 
previous trips through the portal and your active sensors, uh, you do know that there is a, another functional Takan portal generator on this planet. Uh, Chief Tin, stat, ship status report. Uh, everything seems to be fine, sir. Uh, we didn't lose anyone. Uh, the disruption to the graph plating was temporary. Very well. Uh, system scan is any uh, any sign of activity done by the uh, portal generator? Uh, lock. Uh, I think you yes. know what to do at this point. Uh, reason plus science, and uh, the ship will assist with sensors plus science. Uh, we'll make this a difficulty two. Scanning now. Looks like we're right where we're supposed to be. All right, so we got the two we need from lock. Uh, who's rolling for the ship? All right, ship. I can roll ship. Okay. All right, so unfortunately, no momentum. Um, so, uh, Locke, as you scan the system, uh, interestingly, you're not detecting any of the probes that you had sent through previously. Um, I mean, you are where you're supposed to be, as far as you're aware, but you're just not detecting anything that you had sent to the, the portal previously. I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting any pings from any of our probes in the area. Uh, either they're not responsive. Hmm. Am I detecting any? Am I detecting any wreckage from the probes? probes? Nope. Yes, that would have been my question. Very well. Um, let's see. Is it possible that they uh, were unable to rematerialize outside of the subspace tear? We got signals back earlier. I mean, we wouldn't have gone through if we went or going into so. They should be here somewhere, unless they've uh, caught in some sort of gravitational anomaly or someone picked them up. Check the system. Uh, check the system scans for, uh, logs from the probes and compare them to what we're seeing now, uh, and note any major discrepancies, please. Yeah, comparing. So, uh, are there? That deck. Just kind of comparing, checking for time, seeing if it, like the stars match up and everything. Give me one sec. I gotta sneeze. All right. Sorry about that. Um, so I would say this would be a. How would you feel about an insight plus science? Because you are kind of trying to gather stuff from the data. Sure. Okay. Um, data analysis focus. Yeah, that'll apply here. Uh, let's keep the difficulty at a two. Yeah, you get the two you need. So there is one small discrepancy. And that discrepancy is that the, we'll say the third probe that you sent through uh, to this side, uh, it reported that the sun was going through a period of stellar activity. Uh, so solar flares, ion storms, etc. Um, however, as you sort of compare it to the active scans of the system, there's no sign of such activity. And even though stars can be fickle things sometimes, usually such periods of activity last for 
uh, years, if not decades or centuries or hell, even millennia. So it's very odd that you're not detecting, you know, that sort of a thing. Uh oh. Hmm. Analysis, Mr. Locke? Uh, it seems to have ended early. I have no explanation at the moment. From judging by the stars and everything like that, does it look like we're in the same time period? Is there any kind of... Um, I'll give it to you a... free. Uh, you, you know, based on the current position of stars and uh, thanks to your lovely uh, Chief Highlong in uh, stellar cartography slash astro navigation, uh, yes, you are currently at the correct time. Okay. Uh, establish a subspace link back to deep space day list, please. I'm... Establishing just to yeah. link our system to theirs, make sure that everything is as it should be. All right, it's so been quite some time since my class at, in astrophysics, astrophysics back at the academy, Captain. But uh, things like this tend to not happen. Agreed. There are usually the conservation of matter is and the um, object permanence is a thing that is still highly touted among most physicists that I remember learning from. It is a big universe. We haven't really studied the star much. It's impossible. It could be some sort of uh, different stellar eruption cycles. Very well. Uh, Miss Sona, until we figure this out, please establish a standard orbit above the uh, Takan facility. Understood, sir. And uh, as she does that, of course, uh, a call is put out to Deep Space Daedalus. And... Uh, you wait a good five, ten minutes. You still haven't received a reply. Oh, crap. Mr. Locke? I please, um, please scan the... Um, oh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Please scan the quantum signature of the planet and compare it to our own. Okay, the captain I'm... begins slouching in his chair and starting to place his hand on his head. Scanning and going through all the obvious answers. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, I'm gonna make this a uh, another reason plus science assisted by these ship sensors and science. Uh, I am gonna make the difficulty a three this time. Okay, I can roll ship. Do we want to bank some for it to make sure we get the right answer? Ooh. Well, the roll has been made, so either the ship gets two successes, or the answer is maybe not what you wanted. Yeah, so you go to scan the underlying quantum uh, signature of uh, both the planet, the surrounding area, and comparing it to your own, and either uh, the sensors are encountering some form of uh, trouble, so some form of interference, or... Uh, some sort of leftover kind of uh, fugue from going through the portal, uh, or uh, simply the results you get indicate that the quantum signature is similar. The quantum signature is within the margin of error, uh, margin of error variance. Um, I'll continue to run scans to see if I can narrow it down, but it appears we're in our universe still. All right. Captain. Thankfully. Yes, Mr. Panek. Our logical move would be to secure the uh, Takan base on the plant side uh, in case we needed to uh, 
use it to return back to the previous sector of space we were in. Agreed. And perhaps they have some sort of a transmission logs to indicate uh, recent gateway activity. Uh, assemble an away team and go have a look. I will. Uh, yes, I, Captain. Uh, however, I would also like to uh, point out that our secondary objective should be to determine this anomaly within the sun. Uh, I do not want us to stay here and uh, find out that something, it suddenly goes supernova r very randomly. The anomaly with the sun, looking back at the logs, could that have interfered with the, the signal at all? It could have, yes. Very well. Uh, Mr. Locke, if you could put your considerable brain power towards such, um, such a theory. I've left in the Trevor lift now. Okay. Uh, out of curiosity, who would you be taking down to the planet? Uh, I'll take Matic. Um, okay. High Long. Okay. Uh, can I take the Scorpion security guy? The Scorpion? Sure, you can definitely take him. I love it when we get uh, screen time with uh, the sporting characters. <laughs> All right, so Kyrano's going, uh, Matic is going, High Long is going, uh, anyone else? Would it make sense for Mirthrun to come along? Probably. Maybe. Yeah, it's up to Mirthrun, really. Engineers better than one. All right. As long as you don't really be interested in looking at the facility. All right. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, that's everyone, I believe. All right. Uh, so, uh, now that I've finished doing tokens, uh, would you fly down on a shuttle or would you beam down out of curiosity? Probably beam down. Yeah, I don't see any reason, unless there's some sort of interference. No, you should be able to beam down just fine. Alrighty. Alright, so we come back to this map, which we've seen a lot of, but, you know, it is a sister facility. Um... So yeah, uh, as uh, you know, you kind of materialize, uh, you do see a very similar sort of installation. Um, I will say the big difference between uh, the one back at uh, six or K96Z uh, is that this one uh, obviously does not have the electrical field around it. And uh, it also just kind of seems to be, uh, I guess the word would be inactive. Um, you're not detecting, uh, a whole lot of, uh, active power sources in there. So I guess it would be the equivalent of, uh, saying the facility is in sleep mode. But it doesn't look as if it's been disturbed or ransacked. Nope. Looks to be in pristine condition. All right. Uh, Kairano is going to start by scanning for life forms. Okay. Uh, reason plus science, uh, difficulty two. Very well. Science. All right. So, uh, because this is a class L planet, um, you're not supposed to detect any life signs. So it's a good thing uh, when uh, Kyrano does his scan that the only life signs he picks up are those of the away team. Uh, sir, I'm not detecting any life signs here. We appear to be alone. Thank you, Mr. Serrano. Uh, Chief Hailong, uh see if you can uh, pinpoint any of uh, those, any uh, energy signatures 
that are still active. Uh, and let's uh, head back in. If the layout of this is the same, we should uh, be able to find our way to the control center, no problem. Uh, Locke, I'm going to let you roll and do high yeah. long that way. I was uh, assuming that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you all head into the facility. And again, it doesn't look like this place has really been touched. Um, interestingly, though, there doesn't seem to be like a layer of dust across everything. It just seems like this is a well-kept facility. And uh as Hylong sort of scans and leads you deeper into the facility eventually you do arrive uh in another sort of uh control room uh comparative to the one you found uh on the other side of the portal and everything seems to be active uh there are active readouts of both the power generator and of uh the facility itself um I think the only difference is that where the control room on uh, the K96Z planet was uh, sort of green in color, uh, this one is colored blue, if it matters. Well, you brought it up, so it matters. <laughs> Mercer and all sort of head in and using what they've picked up about the other facilities, start trying to turn the place on and get some readings. Okay. Um, I'd say since it's been uh, close to a month at this point and you've had hands-on with this, uh, go ahead and we'll do a control plus engineering. Um, the difficulty will be a three, but Matic or Hylong can assist you on this. Uh, Hylong, if you would be happy to assist? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so we'll say for... Uh, oh, sorry? Oh, no, you go ahead. And since we uh, plumb out of momentum, I will add a threat to get a bonus die. Okay. Uh, we'll say for Hylong, uh, hers is a control plus science. Because uh, she she's observing and giving uh, advice based on what she knows of the facility, rather than like active engineering principles. Because well, jury rigging probably wouldn't apply? Uh, no. All right, well, there's two from Mirthrim. Complication Ooh, yeah. from Hylong. Very interesting. This is at all like the other facility. The, uh, the power relay should be here. Oh. And yeah, that is quite literally what happens is uh, as you try to turn the facility on, you accidentally turn it off. And uh, you actively hear... Uh, like before there was sort of a low hum in the air that kind of indicated that the power was on. Uh, it just goes silent. Okay, this may prove a little difficult to fix. Doesn't seem to be exactly as the other one. Perhaps the mm. different planetary... Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe the other one's... Uh... Maybe this one's a receiving station rather than a transmitter. Or made for a different purpose, for that matter. Uh, I'm going to walk over to a console. Am I detecting any uh, security um, shutouts or lockouts? Um, no, because the console is literally powered off. The, In fact, the only light in this room now is whatever flashlights you would have brought with you uh, as part of your standard complement. 
Right, well, uh... Perhaps there's an, uh, a complication within the power core. Maybe. Um, I guess, and Mercer will sort of shrug and sort of indicate to head in the direction of where the power, where the power reactor should be. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, you take a few more uh, twists and turns, and uh, it's probably a little eerie uh, to kind of go down these dark corridors with kind of flashlight light only. Um, for some of you that are a little bit more jumpy, uh, you obviously might be a little bit unnerved, a little bit anxious. Uh, but eventually you do kind of arrive at a closed door, uh, behind which is what you're hoping is going to be the uh, power generator room. And, uh, yeah, you just have to kind of get the door open. Alrighty. Uh, look for some sort of manual release. Okay. Um, I'll throw you a bone because you still don't have any momentum. Uh, go ahead and roll me a, uh, either a, uh, daring plus security to, you know, literally force the door open. Or roll me a, we'll say an insight plus engineering to see if you can figure out where they might have placed a manual release. I will attempt that second one. Okay. Oh, difficulty is only going to be a, a one. So, yeah, you get a momentum. Uh, and, yeah, uh, it's kind of like uh, in DS9 where they kind of pop off a panel and there's a lever inside. Um, you pull the lever and the uh, double doors do slide open. And inside you see a very low... Uh, blue glow and again uh, the other facility had a green glow um, but uh, you look inside and the power core which is I kind of imagined it as sort of like Time Lord technology so if you uh, ever watch Doctor Who there's this uh, episode uh, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS or whatever and, oh, yes, uh, I know and the, one. Uh, the, the literal power source is like this sun just sort of uh, sitting there and it's siphoning energy off that Obviously, the Takan have not put a sun in their facility, but it is a contained fusion reaction. And just looking at it, you can tell that the fusion reaction is at a very bare minimum level. It hasn't shut off completely, which means conceivably you could get it working again. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't know quite how to get it started again because... Uh, in the other facility, it was already running, and you were just sort of fixing broken systems. This one would be a little bit more involved, obviously. So Mercer will sort of look up and go, Ah, I think I'd prefer to have uh, a little bit of assistance on this one from some teams, because uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be within spitting distance of a fusion reaction losing containment. Indeed not. Well, connect to Ophion. It shouldn't be any different than uh, maybe the Romulan's artificial quantum singularities. This is just an artificial uh, sun. If yes, we but... infuse it with uh, hydrogen from the Bussard collectors, it might restart the, reignite the ignition. Uh, that's assuming it's using hydrogen. I'll be nice and say, uh, yeah, it actually is kind of using hydrogen. Alrighty. Oh, so we'll like scan it with, oh, what do you know? It actually is using hydrogen. All right, uh, I'll add Mercer and we'll just start going over the th thing and just like trying to get a, a sense of how this thing works as much as he can. Okay. 
Uh, a call was made to the Ophion, though. Yes. Yes. Skull here. Go ahead. Uh, Captain, we have uh, we have discovered that the uh, the power core of the facility is uh, in a low power mode. Uh, as such, we cannot uh, access the systems. Very well. Um, what's what do you, ah, what fuel do you need to wake it up? Uh, Mr. Merthrin has discovered has uh, has um, has scanned it and discovered that it uh, runs on hydrogen as much as the as the sun does. Our sun does. Uh, if you could That's... send down some uh, an engineering engineering team or two, uh, I'm sure he would appreciate the help. I'll have uh, Prague get some. I'll have Prague uh, assemble a team and be beam down shortly. Uh, also, Captain, uh, I can't quite explain this phenomena, but uh, I believe you would call it a hunch, something in my gut. Well, this is a rare feeling indeed. Uh, what does your gut say, Mr. Panek? We are dealing with a uh, fusion reaction on a smaller scale here. And we have recently encountered an anomaly with a much larger fusion reaction happening also in the system. Uh, I do not quite believe in... I think coincidence is a thing, but lately, I just don't know, Captain. So noted. Uh, Mr. Locke is still plugging away at forms and theories, and he seems to be muttering a lot under his breath. We'll keep you appraised of what happens down here, Captain. Same as up here. If you need any more hydrogen, let me know. We can easily collect some from the nearby star. Uh, Pinnick out. Skull out. All right. So uh, we'll handle this more in a narrative fashion. Um, so you bring down uh, two or three engineering teams, and uh, there is some grumbling among them because they're having to fix this thing again. Um, um, well, at least this time it's not in danger of exploding. This is true. We hope. Uh, yeah, keyword we hope. Um, I guess my question becomes, how much hydrogen would you attempt to infuse into the reaction? Less rather than more, I think. Uh, Mertrin's going for the cautious approach, and basically, basically a failure on the dice is him going, mm, I'm not confident enough that we can do this correctly, and just not doing it. You can add more soup to the salt of the soup, but you can't take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, let's call this a control plus engineering. Uh, Matic uh, will assist you, because I feel like Matic hasn't been able to do anything yet this session. Um, and uh, the difficulty was going to be a four, but you brought down engineering teams, so I'm going to make it a three instead. Um, and the default task is, again, uh, control plus engineering, unless you have a better argument. Nope, sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, probably going to use our one momentum to get a bonus die. Building uh, okay. to the rest of the group, um, how badly do we want this facility to be online? Well, we do... Well, we might want to get home, so... <laughs> All right, in that case, I will spend another two threat to bump it up to four dice for me. Okay. Well, we don't know we're in another universe. We can just fly home in three. Yeah, we could. Not metagaming. Yeah, because I don't have any applicable focuses here. All right. All right, so you get the three successes, uh, three successes you need. 
Uh, and yeah, Matic, uh, get you another one so you get that momentum right back. Um, so yeah, uh, with uh, everyone on the engineering squad working together, uh, you are able to get the fusion reaction kind of going at a higher rate. And as minimal power begins to kind of flicker to life, uh, lights click on, uh, consoles and readouts begin to glow. Um, based on what you all are seeing, um, the fusion reactor is much like a computer uh, when it is in sleep. It is in, it's waking up. Uh, however, the quote-unquote waking up process is going to take somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three days before it is back up to peak efficiency. Yep, so Bertrand will sort of get the readings and go, okay, good news, we've successfully jump-started the reactor and the system is coming back to full power. Bad news, full power in this case is about 48 to 52 hours away. And did my mic disappear at that point? No, we got it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess the question is, how do you, how do the rest of you react to this information? Wow. What exactly did he say again? Uh, good news: the reactor is coming back up to full power, and will do so fairly shortly. Bad news: in this case, fairly shortly means between fifty and fifty-five hours. I think this would be ample time for us to begin studying the uh, stellar anomaly we've discovered. Uh, would you stay here with your engineering team? Yep, we can stay here and monitor the situation, get a proper layout of the facility. Sorry, um, was that still... I thought that I may have misheard. Was the stellar phenomenon on this sun or the other one? This on one. this sun. Oh, yeah, okay. Like the, the, the one on the system. Ah, my bad. N not the Not the fusion reactor. Right, right, right. All right. Okay. Uh, so, um, just out of curiosity, uh, who would be back to the Ophion, or would the away team just sort of remain as is on the planet? Hmm, I, I think, mean, well, I Bertram will stick around to just uh, direct the sort of comprehensive survey of the facility but other than that yeah Malik and Highlong would probably go back because she's stellar cartography okay uh, Karana will stick up, stay on planet just in case uh, I'm just trying to f figure out whether or not the captain's going to need his first officer for this <laughs> well I can't say anything on the subject because it would be spoilers I'll head back with Matic, but send down two more security officers uh, to keep an eye on Murtha and make sure he doesn't go killing anybody again. <laughs> to be fair, he is very useful at killing other enemies, not friendly fire. So as long as there's no enemies nearby, we should be okay. Whenever you need a space station-sized object full of people, destroy. <laughs> He's the man who calls. Well, you can say this about Mirth. You can say many things about Mirth, but you cannot say that he does things small. Alright. So yeah, uh, you all, uh, well, most of you anyway, uh, kind of arrive back on the bridge. 
And uh, yeah, uh, where are you heading from here? All right. Um, Mr. Maddock, Mr. Locke, please configure the shields uh, for metaphasic protocols and take us towards the sun and start scanning for that. Uh, start scanning that anomaly. Hi, sir. Uh, while we're on our way, I'm going to try to use my comm station to uh, try to figure out what the hell happened to our probes, you know? Okay. Yes. We detected any comm static signals from anywhere. Roll me a 1D100. Who's going to do that? I got that. I asked the question. Have we picked up anything? You have indeed. You have picked up a signal. It's very faint, and it's encrypted, but you are able to determine it is Klingon in nature. Oh, Locke would be trying to crack that. <laughs> he does. Cracking encrypted signals? That sounds like a Sunday night. <laughs> I'll forward it to his station from my comm station immediately. All right. Um... So again, let's deal with the metaphasic shielding because again, it's a good momentum generator. Um, Manic, again, uh, if you would be so kind, we'll have uh, you do a we'll do a control plus engineering because I think by now it's a very standard sort of thing. Uh, difficulty here is only going to be a one. Also, if power you're saying, systems. Uh, power systems would apply. Yes. Okay. Alright, so you get another momentum. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, Matic, of course, uh, does what engineers do best and reconfigures the shields. And Sona kind of takes you closer to the star uh, at a comfortable distance, uh, but where you can still get the, the sort of scan you're after. Um, meanwhile, uh, while the scans of the star are proceeding, uh, Locke, uh, to break this encryption... And I have to look it up to make sure I tell you the right thing. Um, I would qualify this as an intercept task, uh, which we're stealing from Starship Combat. Mm -hmm. um, this would be a insight plus engineering. The ship would assist with communications plus security. And based on the level of encryption, uh, I'm going to say this is a difficulty four. Inside engineering, let's see. Hmm. Could I assist him from the communication station? Uh, I'll allow it. Uh, for you, you'd also be rolling an insight plus engineering. Ship does not help. Uh, ship does not help. Uh, 2d20? Uh, 1d20 if you're assisting. Oh, that's right, that's right. All right. So it's unlocked to get three more successes. I'm going to spend one of our momentum to get an extra dice. All righty. Guessing uh, communications interceptions as a focus. Mm-hmm. Lock has all the handy focuses. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh so... Uh, this is kind of important. So it's, I'm looking at my values. Let's see... I don't want to do anything too bad. Uh, value for rerolling by determination 
I believe in the Federation. Really want to do what? What other values you got? Uh, We are many, we are one. Working together. Uh, Anything else? I don't think any any of them really apply right now. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any saved milestones that might be uh, coming to play here? Nope. I... I think we just fail. I think we fail, and it's obvious that someone is trying to inter- inter- intercept their communication. Indeed. Um, so narratively, uh, Locke and Panect, as you're working together, um, either the act of trying to decipher the symbol uh, causes this, or one of you simply uh, engages something they shouldn't by accident but a sort of like a sonar ping uh, emanates from the Ophion. Oh, Captain, um, we, we, we picked up a signal, and I think we accidentally reflected it back on them, pretty much announcing our presence to whoever was in the signal. What do, what do you know about the signal? It was Klingon in origin, so at least they're, all, they're our allies, but assuming that... I don't know why they'd be out this far. The... Um, Agreed. This is well beyond their borders, and Klingons aren't known for casual exploration. Keep uh, maintain maintain yellow alert. Aye, sir. If anything, the Klingons would be interested in the systems uh, bordering their current uh, uh, their current borders for uh, resources. They are would not be inclined to come out here for exploration. Indeed. Um. Is this a? I'm not quite sure how to put it. Um, so in the military, mm-hmm. whenever we intercept signals, we could tell what well, what encryption they're using, whether or not we can break that encryption. Mm-hmm. Is oh, this so- a known Klingon encryption, or is this an older one, or is this a newer one? Like, can we identify who, like? what branch quote unquote might be using this encryption like i guess for them it'd be which ha- like i guess each house has their own encryption codes right which house we could try to figure out is using oh we can try to get an momentum, idea i will answer one of those questions unless you have studious in which case i can answer two does anyone have studious and ask that question for me <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes but i'm not there all right uh, uh so yeah, Panek, if you want to spend the momentum, uh, you get two questions. So let's start off with the first one. What is your first directed question? My first directed question would be, is this a known Klingon uh, encryption? Uh, if it's one that we've broken, you know, or, or no, obviously if we've broken, we would be able to, to read it. But when we've shared. A, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this a known Klingon uh, encryption or is this like a, a new one that we haven't seen before? This is one that you have not encountered before. Does it show similarities to uh, a particular house and, and their previous encryptions that we do know of? It does. Interestingly, this signal carries markings of the Duras family. Duras. Duras. That might be why they're. No, no. So you, you got the pronunciation wrong. You got to kind of really bug the eyes out as you say it. 
Well, Captain, I believe this encryption uh, shows similarities to ones detected by the Federation uh, in regards to the Doros house. Uh, Doros. I know that name. Oh, they were the ones that destroyed the Enterprise D, weren't they? Uh, indeed, sir. Uh, I believe we have um, captured uh, much of their encrypted um, messages between them and the uh, Romulans during the... Uh, their attempt to overthrow the Klingon Council. Oh, yes, that's right. I just quickly do some quick research on my cons, my own personal console, Honduras and Federation history. Well, of all the Klingons, it had to be them. Very well. Um, um, full, sen let full sensor sweeps. I want to make if there is a Klingon ship anywhere nearby, I want to know about it. Uh, the signal was rather faint when we first detected it, sir. Yes, and now that we've made our presence known, well, that might change. Matic wants to do a scan for any Romulan signals that might be hidden. Well, sensible precaution because of Duras. Um, yeah, let's let's keep it as an intercept task. Uh, so another insight plus engineering. Uh, the ship again will assist with communications plus security. I'm gonna make the difficulty here only a two. Okay. Um, alien technology? No. If it was alien encryption, I would have said yes. Oh, I like. Oh, helped twice, and I suspect I suggest using the first roll. Yeah, let's use the first one. Uh. Quantum mechanics? Communicating uh, over nah, can't give you that one either. Phaser based weaponry. That one is <laughs> <laughs> That's what? an interesting Oh, method of son of a bitch. Is there a Romulan this way? Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> nope. All right. So as the phasers fire for some reason. Uh, <laughs> the good news is that you're not detecting any Romulan signals. However, at this point, the Ophion is not only sending out pings of its location, but it is also basically squawking. And for those of you not familiar with the term squawking, it's when a boat in distress uh, basically, you know, sends messages on all channels saying, hey, hey, help, help, help. Except in our case, it's not specifically help. It's just noise, noise, interested. Mm -hmm. We're here, we're here. Technical expertise doesn't apply, does it? No. Okay. Well, that was humorous. Did they beat um, us today. Oh God. Level four diagnostic on the comray. And then I'll approach the captain's chair. Yes, Mister Pinnock. Uh, captain, it is my understanding that the House Doros does not abide by uh, Klingon treaties and alliances. And we Agreed. currently have a, a sizable away mission on the planet. Uh, yes. While I wish, well, I understand that we must continue with our study of this uh, stellar phenomenon. Uh, perhaps it would be prudent to engage MVAM and uh, have one section of the ship remain at uh, in orbit. Agreed. Uh, take uh, take command of section Gamma and head back to the uh, planet, please. Hi, sir. Thank you. 
All right. <clears throat> I get to start playing map uh, <laughs> jockeying here, but I'll make it work. All right. Uh, Pinek, would you be taking any other named characters with you to Gamma or no? Because um, remember, whoever... you do have uh, a full Gamma supporting crew if need be. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll take them then. Okay. Let me find where I put their tokens. Uh, let's see. What bridge are they on? Are they on beta? No. Are they on alpha? Yes, for some reason they are on alpha. So let me just grab their tokens. Uh, I'm missing... There he is. Alright. So, uh, narratively, as uh, I drag tokens around here, um, narratively, uh, the ship does split uh, into three. And, uh, of course, Gamma Shift does take over uh, Gamma Section. Uh, same goes for Beta and Alpha, similarly. We could uh, just split into two, right? Um, I don't know how that works, because we've never seen the Prometheus in two parts. I mean, theoretically, I suspect it's possible, but... Yeah. Um, to the GM. Can, can we not just separate the saucer section, and then the other two parts could separate from each other, or...? Well, the saucer section would be the primary hull. So, pretty much, uh, if you did take the saucer section, uh, everybody else would have to go to another bridge, because, you know, uh, the main bridge is on the primary hull. And taking Gamma makes sense anyway, in case they have an engineering emergency down there. Mm -hmm. And it can also land if need be for quick evacuation. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. All right. Uh, so, uh, we're kind of juggling between three splits of the party right now, so, <laughs> um, hmm. You picked a ship that splits into three. <laughs> oh, I didn't expect you to do it this early in this mission. Um, this, er, oh boy, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, we'll go back very quickly to, uh, Mirthrin on the planet, uh, with the away teams. And uh, Mirthrin, as, uh, you know, you're just kind of keeping an eye on the fusion reaction as it kind of spools up power. Um, even you on the planet, not actively scanning, uh, would detect that the Ophion is, for some reason, sending out a here I am signal. So, like, yeah, I'd imagine he's, like, scanning something with his tricorder and then it starts going, deep, 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 as it's like, hmm, that's weird. So they'll sort of tap on his combat and go, uh, Mothra into Ophion, is everything okay up there? We've, uh, I guess, Pinex closest, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll intercept if, it's, if that's right. Um, uh, gamma section to Lieutenant Commander Mothrin. Uh Be advised, we are currently back on our way uh, into orbit to provide any assistance you may need. Uh, uh, gamma section, why are you in multi-vector assault mode? What's going on up there? We've uh, encountered an encrypted Klingon signal. While it is not currently... This far out? Indeed. Uh, if you would let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Vulcan being testy today. Uh, we have encountered an encrypted Klingon signal belonging to House Duras. Uh, I am unsure if you are familiar with that house, but uh, they tend not to be... 
well inclined when it comes to the Federation. So we thought we could come, we would come back here to provide any support that you needed. While the uh, rest of the Ophion continues to study the stellar phenomena. Right. Um, <clears throat> I'll let the team know. What That's is your current, oh, is yes? your current uh, status in the facility? Oh, well, everything's looking all right, right here. I mean, basically, at this point, we're just monitoring the system to make sure nothing goes wrong while it boots up. And in the meantime, I've got one of the engineering teams doing a comprehensive survey of the facility. Please uh, transmit any relevant data that you find. Uh, we'll be in orbit, orbit. Let us know when you need us. Oh, all right. Yep, and then Bertrand will sort of go and pass that information on to the teams. All right. Klingons, they use those baseball bats for weapons, don't they? I think he's talking to you. Oh, oh, that was Serrano yeah. talking. Sorry, I'm, I'm um, Serrano. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, sorry. I was like, hang on, why is Skull asking this? <laughs> sorry. Carano, it comes up to Merthrin. Those are those ridged um, guys that use those baseball bats as weapons, right? Uh, Batlets, uh, yes, that's them. Uh, house Duras, um, well, they've kind of been a disgraced house for the better part of a decade at this point. They uh, attempted to usurp the leadership of the Empire with the help of Robulan agents and spark a civil war in the process. And, you know, the High Council of Kronos didn't appreciate it, shall we say. Galactic politics are weird. I mean, to be fair, Klingons are a lot more are a lot simpler than most. Uh, they're all about honor. They have honorable duels and stuff to sort out their problems, and they don't like it when people are sneaky and deceptive. We had to tr we trained against them a couple times on the holodeck. I look for I look forward to fighting one in actual physical physical combat. Well, as, as much as I hate to admit it, you might get a chance soon. Clawfu. Uh, Ah, uh, yes, Bertrand says, nodding uncertainly. Um, and then I just scuttle away looking for pretend possible uh, defensive locations. <laughs> Am I correct in guessing that Kwafu is Kapla or...? Uh, no, that's his uh, martial arts style. Ah, okay. Kwafu. I'm just yeah. picturing Dr. Zoidberg right now. <laughs> it, it's probably... Like, it's probably a little more nuanced than the original Scorpy, but the translation matrix still has a few kinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like how Klingon doesn't always translate, so... Alright, um... I tell you what, since this next scene is going to be pretty long, uh, why don't we preemptively take our break here? Uh, so be back in five to ten minutes, guys. Right there, buddy. Right up. Alrighty.
All right, I'm back. Oh yes, um, not not sure if I specifically told you ELH because uh, mm -hmm. I, I can I can I can make the uh, two fifteen time no problem. It's just it'll be two fifteen and probably not much earlier before that because basically I'll just be driving straight there from work and immediately turning the computer on. No, that's that's fine. Um, even if you run a little bit late, as long as you're here, that's kind of what matters. It'll m mostly depend on exactly how late the day shift is. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, let's see. Is there anything I can do during break? <sighs> Always a bit nerve-wracking when you're about to spend a large chunk of money at once, even when you've been intending to do it for ages. Yeah. What, uh, what are you purchasing? A new CPU. Oh. AMD that or isn't Intel? that bad, but yeah. Uh, it's, it's... A AMD. It's ah. a case of, uh, I'm finally upgrading from a dual core. Ah. I just got um, an 8-core. Pretty good. But, I've upgraded my computer so many times oh, I was previously like, okay, no, my I can't really get my computer much more uh, faster than it already is without just buying a completely new system from the ground up because I've already got a decent video card and it still has trouble getting 
consistent frames in Overwatch. But then one time I had the task manager up on the side for some reason, and because it's Windows 10, it like breaks it up by individual like CPU, RAM, graphics card, etc. And I noticed, huh, hang on. My gra- my video card is maybe working at 25% of capacity. Meanwhile, my CPU is maxed out. Sounds like a bottleneck. Yep. And basically going, you know, looking at the costs, it's probably about as cheap and less hassle to just upgrade the CPU rather than try to do uh, some overclocking. Sorry, what, what tool was that? Uh, just the the Windows 10 task oh. manager. All right, uh, we'll I've upgraded my computer so many times and made so many horrible mistakes when doing so that that's not even really a fear for me anymore. Oh, drop $500. Okay, upgrade something. Oh, well. Yeah, been intending to do it for like the better part of the last month or so and just in the process of getting it done this week. Nice. Yeah, I hope so many horror stories. So, so I will be jumping straight from a dual core to an eight core. Big jump. Run all the things. What, what is that? You're getting the... Uh, it's an AMD, right? Yeah. Is it uh, Vishra? Uh, what's the what's up? The A350. Uh, possibly. It's an AM3 so- socket. Okay. So, oh, oh, yeah, oh, the CPU type, yeah, the FX8350. Uh, that's exactly what I just got. It's, it's, you're going to love it. It's pretty good. Okay, good. Uh, it, if it means I can jump into Melee and Overwatch and get uh, frames per second above five per second, I'll be happy. Yeah, you're going to notice a big increase. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I don't know what Maddox's doing, but uh, let's go ahead and get started again. Um... So, back on Gamma Bridge, um, since you are closer, um, of course, uh, you do have Lieutenant Commander Ty, uh, Lieutenant Wine, and uh, Lieutenant Commander McTurk. Um, McTurk kind of turns and says, uh, Sir, I'm detecting a vessel at long range uh, approaching our position. Can you determine the configuration? Uh, not at this distance, sir. All right. Uh, hail the Ophion uh, main section. All right. Com line goes up. Gamma. Uh, Captain, uh, we've detected uh, a ship at long range. Uh, we are currently unable to determine the configuration. Uh, just wish to keep you informed. Very well. We're going to continue scanning this anomaly and trying to figure it out as much as possible. If you need any assistance, please let us know and we can micro-warp jump ourselves there in a few seconds. Uh, very well. Uh, close the channel, Miss Ty, and attempt to hail the incoming ship. Understood, sir. And uh, she taps at the console, waits a little bit, and says... Uh, either they're not feeling like talking or they didn't get our signal. Can you determine the trajectory of their uh, of their their flight path? Uh, speeds up. Ah, speaks up and says uh, they are definitely headed right for us. Uh, very well. Bring us to yellow alert and attempt to hail them again. 
Uh, doing so on all frequencies, says Ty. Intriguing. Uh, hail the Ophion. All right. Connect to Ophion. Uh, Skull the, here. The vessel is on an intercept course to our current position. Uh, they refuse to answer hails. Uh, we've gone to yellow alert. Very well. I'm. I will send. Uh... Ah. Ah. Sorry, I just had a brain fart. I will send Commander Beckett with the um, beta section over to assist. I'd like to stay here and gather as much data as possible. Aye, sir. I await his uh, his arrival. Get uh, out. So yeah, uh, as uh, now Gamma and Beta sections uh, kind of take position uh, above the planet, uh, we cut back to the Alpha section, uh, where I think I've got everybody's token where it should be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Locke, if you want to again roll me a, a reason plus science for scanning the sun. Uh, and the ship will assist with sensors plus science. Uh, difficult to hear... Make it a two. Wow. That's, uh... I focused the crap of the... Uh, so, uh... Good news, bad news. Um... <laughs> man, these are... How many complications is that tonight? I think I've rolled, like, three or four. So, focusing all the effort on the sun, oblivious to everything else. So... Not all take threat instead of the complication. Um, so, Locke, as you're scanning the sun, uh, you do confirm that it has not uh, undergone a period of stellar activity uh, within the past probably 30,000 years, and it doesn't seem to be scheduled, quote-unquote, for one, for quite some time. Um, as far as senses are able to determine, uh, this is just normal star doing its thing which again is discrepancy from what your probe showed so um either the, the probe set a false reading captain or this star is very unusual and unlike anything we were shifting anomalously hmm. i have no explanation v very well uh prepare a probe and keep it uh set it up to monitor the sun's activity and tie it back to us in real time. I want to get back to the planet and see what the ship is. Hi, sir. Launch a probe. And so you fire off a probe and it begins returning data. Um, yeah. Out of curiosity, when you uh, rejoin the rest of the sections, do you stay in MVAM or do you join the ship back into one? Probably join back into one. I like the... Um... MVAM as a trump card, just in case. Okay. Uh, so, uh, everybody comes back together. Uh, we'll say, narratively, this probably takes over the course of an hour to two hours, so it's not like you literally just were in MVAM for the shits and giggles for 15 minutes. Um, so now I gotta, I gotta move tokens again. Uh, so Panek comes back on board. Uh, I think that's everyone on the bridge, anyway. Um, by this point, uh, the oncoming ship uh, signature has gotten closer. Um, and again, the interest of getting you as much momentum as possible. 
Uh, Locke, if you'd roll me another sensor scan, uh, this time the difficulty is only going to be a one, and the ship is still assisting you. Sooner or later, by law of averages, we will get some momentum. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been a fairly scant session, hasn't it? Right. Maybe well, not. We're usually bursting with it. Yeah, usually you guys are like five or six by now. Apparently RNG just does not want to give you a bone today. Nope. So, you pass, which is the good news. Uh, it is, uh, based on what you're able to determine, it is a Klingon Negvar class. Ooh, those and are interestingly, uh, behind it seems to be two Galar classes. It's like two Galar class, you know, the Cardassian ships. I'm just going to give a weary look to uh, Locke and Pinek and just say, are you certain that you uh, scanned the quantum signature of this universe properly? Well, we didn't really have any frame of reference for what the quantum signature for this uh, planet was before. Could be this planet itself is slightly variant. Very well. Um, any signs that the uh, Cardassians are chasing the Klingons? Uh, if they were, would they be heading directly for us? Perhaps they're seeking uh, assistance from us. Also possibility. Still, yellow alert is also, prudent. Uh, uh, I don't believe uh, Negvar class would have any trouble fighting off two Galar classes. The Cardassians ships are not what they used to be. Uh, prepare an intercept course. Uh, Sona does turn a little bit and says, uh, where would you like to intercept them, sir? Preferably, let's do uh, at the solar system boundary, please. Uh, the away, away team, sir? Yeah, um, bring them on board. Let's keep all of our eggs in our baskets. Let's call to Merthrin. Merthrin here. We are picking up a incoming Klingon Cardassian fleet. And you hear the confusion in Skull's voice. Uh, for the on the side of safety, we're beaming everyone up. Uh, understood. Uh... But messenger away team, prepare for emergency beam out. All right. Transporter room, bring them all up. All right, so uh, kind of all at once, uh, every, everyone on the planet's brought back up to the Ophion, and Sona uh, moves the ship to the edge of the system. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to preemptively put us on this map. Uh, you know, no, I'll wait. Um so as you wait, there's approximately 15 to 30 minutes before the Klingons and Cardassians arrive. So is anyone doing anything uh, noteworthy that I should be made aware of? Locke would like um, to beam aboard an asteroid and scan its quantum signature to see if they can like double check. Okay. Um, I believe I said it was a reason in science before, so I'm going to stick to it. Uh, I'm not sure how classified the Mirror Universe shenanigans on DS9 would be, but... Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be... Let's see. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's resolve your task, and then, then we'll get to you, Panek. Um, 
We'll say this time instead of sensors and science from the ship, uh, we're going to do computers and science. Uh, possibly because that could give you a, uh, a better role. <laughs> um, oh. Matic is going to assist with that. Okay. Um, nope. Matic, you're going to assist with a... I'm going to say a uh, probably a reason plus science of your own, if not reason plus... Uh, yeah, I think for you it would be reasonable science as well. Okay, so there's two successes. Okay, you get two momentum. Finally. Yay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, with Locke and Matic, uh, you make it a point to thoroughly scan uh this asteroid you have beamed aboard uh or have at least segregated from the rest and sure enough uh when you compare the quantum signature to those on record as you probably have guessed by now you are in the mirror universe captain i've cracked open an asteroid and done a, a very detailed internal scan it does appear that we are indeed in the um, mirror universe uh, my okay. theory is that when we emerged from the portal it sent out a, a quantum wave that radiated the surface of the nearby uh, planet and area, altering its quantum state, or at least giving us false readings. Now that okay. we've gone past that, I can yes, we are, we are screwed. Um, thank you, thank you, Locke, for your objective uh, tactical <laughs> assessment. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> yes, Mr. Maddox. What would Maddox know of the Mirror Universe from the Daystrom Institute? Uh, well, you would definitely know about the little captain's excursion that happened with uh, Los uh, back on the okay. Arcadia. Um, you would know that, uh, as far as anyone is aware, uh, the Duras family is in control of the Klingon Empire. Um, what else? Uh, I would say some of the shenanigans that went on at DS9 happened, um, but because we're working with a slightly tweaked, um, sort of circumstances here, it's not quite one-to-one. -one. Um, so for example, uh, for everybody who's not familiar with what happened in Arcadia, so... The Galaxy, the, the Galaxy X or the Galaxy Refit, whatever we're calling like the ISS Enterprise D, uh, that conflict with the, uh, I forget the name of the Klingon ship you guys were on, but basically the players were on a Klingon ship and they tried to destroy the Enterprise and it didn't go well. Um, you'd know all about that. Um, but I would say after that, uh, there's not a whole lot of information on the state of the klingon cardassian alliance uh you don't know if i remember from the wiki um i think the last mirrorverse episode was the one where the grand nagus went over so that would be the same episode where Worf got captured and that would have been still years before now so mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, like, at least a three- to four-year gap in your knowledge of what's going on in the Mirror Universe. All right. Um, I hear Mirror Universe. Uh, I'm going to turn to Locke. I'm going to turn 
you know, across the uh, thing, the uh, bridge at Locke. Uh, scan for uh, Borg signatures on those ships. Borg? It's a long story. Just do it, Locke. Okay. Yep. Scanning for Borg signatures. All right. Uh, you can either make this a roll or you can spend a momentum to ask the question. Um, of course, the roll would be, you know, another reason science ship would be sensor science. Uh, difficulty would be a one. Well, I'm just going to yeah, roll it. Okay. Let's get some momentum. Get another one of those complications. All right. Well, you're getting That's one exactly. momentum so far. Someone else can roll for the Ophion now. My uh, RNG. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, sensor okay. science? Yep. Hey, look at that. Two momentum. Nice. It's more momentum than the Ophion. That's more successes than the Ophion's rolled to date, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, good news. Uh, oh, kind of good news, neutral news. Uh, good news, uh, you're not detecting any board signatures. Uh, neutral news, uh, the Klingon Negvar is hailing you finally. On screen. Alright, so uh, on screen you see a battle-scarred uh, Klingon veteran uh, in the uh, standard Klingon garb, because it doesn't really change between Mirror Universe and regular. Um, and uh, this somewhat portly gentleman uh he is Klingon, sitting in the captain's chair and he says terran vessel i must compliment you on well sneaking it by us by now i thought we'd handled your little uprising when we destroyed empok nor this is a very very long story um i am captain barton skull and if you look very closely, you'll see that there's only actually one Terran on my bridge. Who are you? I am General Varosh. And it does not matter that there is only one Terran on your bridge. Your signature indicates that you are with the Terrans. Ah, hmm. uh, your, your assertions are incorrect, General. We are... We hail... This might be difficult for you to believe, but we are not from your universe. We are simply trying to get back to our own. He stares at you for a moment, and then he bursts out in Klingon laughter. He goes, Ha ha! You expect me to believe such dribble. Uh, look up, um, let's see. I'm just going to sit down and directly ignore him and poke on my sheet for, uh, let's see. Look up your records for the Intendant Kira Nerys. Uh Roughly, uh, your, your star dates would be uh, 34th, 34th day of the month of Kolpach, uh, year of Duras, or year of Emperor Worf, uh, 9643. So Vrash says, fine, I will entertain you. And he nods at someone off screen, and uh, there's some back and forth in Klingon, and he says, Ah, yes, the failed intendant of Empok Nor. We executed her several years ago. What about her? Yes, if you continue to look up her story, you should come to the curious, assuming that you're, assuming that the Klingons in this universe are as meticulous with their war stories as they are 
are in mine. You should find various uh, stories of how she served as Emperor uh, Worf's consort for a time, and yet somehow there are two of them for a brief instance. Frasha. Frasha's expression is hard to read. Um, if you'd like to insight it, I'd, I'd let you do it. Um, that would be an insight, all right. So um, I would say this would either be a insight plus command or insight plus con. Uh, I could see either really be applicable here. Um, difficulty, I'm going to make a two. Okay. Uh, diplomacy for focus? Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. Insight plus command. Ho! So you are max on momentum, and you have one floating bonus momentum um, um, that you will have to spend or it'll go away. Let's see. What can I spend with that? Um, I'm going to spend the momentum uh, to be able to Ooh, I know. Um, as I'm going to spend the momentum to gain a, a bonus, and as he's going through his logs and my explanation, I'm going to say, you might also re recall from that particular log how the Terran rebels somehow managed to get control or build this powerful warship that almost single-handedly defeated Emperor's Wharf's flagship. That came from our technology, General, and we have improved far more since then. So, Skull, what's your reading from the general? Is uh, yes. he... I don't want to say this without giving it away. You've never really seen a Klingon hesitate before. They're always sort of direct and, you know, in the moment impulsive. Especially when it comes to a combat. So for a very, very brief second, almost imperceptible to everyone else but you, uh, you do see the signs of hesitation on the general's face. However, it very quickly vanishes, almost like it never happened at all. So uh, he continues to say, well, that will just make capturing your ship all the more worthwhile. I shall give you an ultimatum. If you surrender, I will see to it that your senior staff are well treated. I've read a little bit about how you treat your prisoners of war, and even those who are not, even those who are well treated, are still, um, the, it's still rather deplorable conditions by what our standards are of fair treatment. So I will give you another ultimatum, General. Um, just you and your fleet can ignore that we have that we are here. We are simply trying to go home. We will give you no. Tr we do not wish to give you any trouble. And once we go home, you will have this wonderful facility, full of scientific goodness, to uh, bring back to your emperor for honor or glory or whatever. Um whatever is um, valued in this particular civilization. And uh, Varash simply just laughs again and says, 
today is a good day to die. Kapla! And the screen cuts. And we switch to this map. Klingons uh, in both universes. Ugh. Red alert! Yeah. So as you come to red alert, uh, as you can see, uh, the Negvar class does stop at long range, and the, the Cardassian ships uh, begin to circle around you to kind of stop you uh, from retreating, but... Uh, we are going to jump into starship combat at this point, unless you want to, like, warp away. Um, I, we kind of need to stay here. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing that uh, Shatsu will say uh, after the screen goes uh, dark, uh, she will say, uh, Sir, uh, I hate to be objectful here, but I don't think we can allow the Klingon Cardassian Alliance to have a free portal to... Well, anywhere within their universe or ours, I I think we're going to have to destroy the facility. I'm in agreement. Um, let's deal with that. Once, if we survive this, let's deal with that. Understood, sir. And yeah, we are in combat. Let me find a good point for a uh, good place for this window. Uh, we'll so, put it here. Um, move it over. Meta gaming. I'm going to. I suggest one round in regular mode, and then we split. How does that sound for you guys? You're the captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't see any reason not to. Fair enough. See what we can do against the big guy, and then we can split up. All right. So okay. uh, it is your turn. Uh, who among you is going to be acting? Remember, uh, this includes uh... Shatsu for the moment. Locke would like to jump in first okay. and do a kind of a, a scan for weakness. Okay. Uh, so that's control plus security, difficulty one from you. Uh, the ship is assisting with sensors plus security. Um, hold on. Uh, increases in difficulty for each rain beyond close. So it would actually be difficulty three at the moment. Hmm. I'll spend one momentum to get an extra dice, you know, for the best. Okay. The die. Uh, well, the ship might assist. Uh, who's rolling for the ship? Uh, I can do that. All right. Sensors and Third security die. from the ship. Hey, you get the three successes you need. Uh, so, uh, as you probably will know, uh, your next attack uh, before uh, Locke's next turn uh, has the uh, piercing two quality, which means every effect is minus two resistance. Also, if you spend any bonus d20 for extra damage, or no, if you purchase any d20s at all for the next attack, it's plus one damage for each bonus. Basically, you're set up for success here. And narratively, Locke uh, based on your days in Starfleet Intelligence, you know that uh, probably even in the Mirror Universe, there is a fatal structural flaw uh, of the Negvar class. And that is where the uh, sort of bridge section, the front of the uh, head of the Negvar class, uh, there is a weakening in the structural integrity field along where it connects with the neck. And if you focus your fire there, uh, you're pretty sure you can do some damage. Actually, so, can I roll his lawyer for a second? Sure. Uh, uh, scan for weakness is control science. I was just picking it up. Oh, and So my you third know what? dice would have actually succeeded. 
No, I'm glad you caught that. I must have said uh, security by accident. Uh, glad you caught it. It, it. Is, it is security for the, the ship. Yeah. So, so we did the ships right. We just didn't do science for you. So, yeah, you actually are still at full momentum then. Oh, no, I'm I'm glad you caught that. I am all I'm more the fan of being corrected than being wrong. Uh, in any case, uh, that is the Ophion sensor operation. Uh, up next, we have the IKS Yarpok. And for its turn, uh, it is simply going to uh, move to medium range. And uh, let's see. That is no power requirement required. Awesome. All right. Uh, up next is you guys again. Well, it's so nice they moved in closer. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about a torpedo spread. Okay. That sounds like a good idea, yes. Uh, Miss Shatsu, target that weakness with a spray of torpedoes and take them out. Okay, so question. Are you ordering this, or is she just doing it on her own? Because one, uh, it will use up your command task. Well, yeah. I'll say it won't, but one will let you assist and one will not. Um, I'd like to assist. Okay. Uh, so we'll count that as it being your tactical action. Uh, so who would like to roll for Shatsu? I will. Okay. Uh, Shatsu is rolling uh, control plus security. Uh, the ship is assist assisting with weapons plus security. Skull, you're assisting with presence plus command. The difficulty, uh, are you firing a salvo or just one? Uh, Salvo. I want to make, inflict as much damage as possible. All right. So the difficulty is a three. Uh, the threat uh, generated from this is, uh, I believe it's three or four uh, that I get. Yeah. Um, That's fine. All right. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to spend at least one threat to make the complication range a 19 to 20 on this. Um, spin momentum for an extra dice. Okay. Or... Nice. All right, so, so come on. Let's get some got, momentum. Yeah, you already got one momentum. Uh, that's two momentum. And then what? Uh, what is the ship rolling here? So, so we were at six before that roll. In yes. Terms of and, yeah. 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 Then I spent once that puts us at five. So I get us back to six. We have one floating, and then it depends on what the ship rolls. Mm -hmm. Oh, whoops! I haven't done that yet. Uh, weapons plus security. All right, so so two keep, floating. Keep in mind, yeah, you have two floating. Actually, no, uh, no, you're right, two floating. Um, so uh, let's break down the roll here for challenge die. Uh, I believe for you guys, uh, a torpedo by itself is six or seven. Let me double check the sheet. Uh, by itself, uh, a torpedo is six. Uh, challenge die. Um, so go ahead and roll those, and then we'll add on the uh, the extra plus one damages. Um, I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm looking at the momentum, the combat momentum spins table. I'm watching, do, do we want to sort of pump a whole bunch of momentum in this to try and do as much damage as possible with a single hit? I wanted sure. to do uh, three into penetration, so we ignore six of their resistance. Well, hold on, because yeah. I, I am trying to 
make sure. So remember, you do have the piercing two effect, and for every effect you roll, that's minus two resistance already. Oh, I was, just, oh, okay. I was also thinking of spending two momentum on devastating attack to do damage two systems at once. Let's let's roll and see what we get first, then we can yeah, uh, um, then we can add more. And as far as I read, scan for weakness. It doesn't say plus one. It says plus one challenge die. So actually, you're rolling a seven challenge die, not six. Seven. <clears throat> oh. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's add on to that. So uh, because it is a salvo, uh, that is an additional plus one. So that's seven damage. Um, trying to see if there's you anything to else. Spend a momentum to re-roll those three zeros, or yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right, so that's one floating momentum. We also are ignoring four resistance right now. Mm -hmm. So that is now uh, 11 damage, ignoring four resistance. Um, what do you want to use that last floating momentum for? Um, I would say put it into penetration, make sure that we actually do some... We can either do penetration or we can do uh, devastating attack. Yeah, because I, I was intending to. Would... Yeah, so like yeah. spend yeah. the floating momentum and one of our permanent ones to sure. add devastating attack. Works yeah. for me. Okay, so uh, I have to do some quick math here. So that's eleven damage. No, uh, yeah, no, I had it right. Eleven damage, uh, piercing six, which means it only has that much resistance. Which means it definitely suffers a breach. And high yield uh, means one breach. And... Oh boy. Uh, it has and spread effect. And then it suffers effect. a second attack with five, uh, six damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's six damage. Oh boy. Alright. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. Because whatever system you roll... Uh, will affect how I flavor what happens. Uh, so... um, if we're aiming for the Nick, can we spend like a momentum to just say structure? Uh, I'll allow it, yes. Alrighty. Is that uh, what y'all want? Or yeah. do you want to roll for it and hope to get something else? I, like I mean, I'm this... thinking like specifically aiming for the structure and then the second one is something at random. Sure. Okay. That sounds good. Fine. All right. Because it's roll an additional system, not hit the, the same system again, sort of deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so narratively, uh, what happens is uh, Shatsu, uh, almost like this is like day one at the academy, and she's showing off because she's top of the class. Uh, she fires off a salvo of torpedoes, and as they fly away from the Ophion and impact the uh, Yarpak, uh, thanks to Locke's insight and scan of the area, uh, immediately, the Yarpok's shields are overwhelmed, and uh, several of the torpedoes are able to slip through uh, the gap and impact the neck of the Yarpok. And although uh, you can't see what's going on inside the ship, uh, outside of the ship, you immediately see that there are some pretty, uh, I wouldn't say large, but probably like medium-sized hole breaches not only in where you just hit, but also kind of cascading back towards the bulk of the ship. And uh, 
mechanically, uh, this reduces the resistance by one of the ship. Doesn't someone have the ability to keep an initiative in this space combat? I believe Shatsu does. Um, uh, would it be possible for us to use that and then go attack again? Uh, yes, but remember she would be at an increased difficulty. Yeah, uh, but if I used, if I used my uh, direct move as a commander mm -hmm. and then got her to attack again, and if she needs B, I have the... Um, Let me just find it. Are you thinking I've of advisor? advisor? Yeah. Okay. Because I'd be using my command uh, to assist them with her with her attack. We we haven't used up any power yet, have we? Uh, no. So phaser strike would be good, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, again, let's break down the roll. So Shatsu is rolling another control plus security. Uh, the difficulty is a three. Because uh, it went up by one, because uh, she's already acted this turn, so doing it again is another one difficulty. Um, I think technically it's supposed to be another character rolling it, but, you know, we've kind of always done it this way, so we'll just keep it consistent. Um, Panek, you rolling. Uh, you're doing a presence plus command. Uh, one die from you. Uh, the ship is again assisting with weapons plus security. Uh, one die there. And yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, momentum for an extra dice for Shetsu. Okay. Uh, team dynamics. Yeah, Focus. I'll allow it. All right, so uh, let's see what Panek gets. But right now you're getting back. Okay. See? <laughs> you were like, guys, we're, we can't roll for shit. And then all I had to do was put an adversary in front of you. And you're like, here, we're just going to blow him up. We're just going to go straight back to six momentum. Yep. So... Uh, uh, do we have any? Flo we don't have any floating, do we? No floating at the moment. No. Um, so yeah, go ahead and uh, roll the challenge die damage here. Uh, I don't think uh, scan for weakness apply because it was the next attack. Um, Correct. Um, so six. Yeah. Well, let me. I thought you had f stronger phasers than that. Uh, yeah, oh, your wait, phasers. Are we doing phase? Oh. Oh, uh, while your phasers are 8, I completely forgot. You have Versatile 2 because they're phasers. So you actually have 2 floating momentum. Okay. So Alrighty. 8 challenge dice? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, um, do the, the piercing would not thing? still be in effect. Yeah, so you would have to spend piercing mo or momentum to get the piercing effect again. Uh, three momentum for piercing. Sounds good to me. Sure. Okay. So two okay. of the bonus, then one, and then y'all just want to do devastating attack again? Yeah, why not? I, I, I'm thinking if we alpha strike the Negvar in one turn, the Cardassians <laughs> are going to second guess this whole thing. I'm. That's my hope as well. Right. So five momentum spent, just like that. All the momentum. All why? The momentum. Why are you spending five momentum? Uh, three for penetration and then two for devastating attack. Uh, you had uh, two we floating. had two floating. Oh, okay. In that case, I'll put two of those back. I don't think you can quite drag them back. I could be wrong. Uh, so, uh... uh Right-click on it and take card. Uh, I've already just drawn oh, two new. Okay. Yeah, alright. So let's, let's clean that up. So, uh... 
this will matter where you hit. So go ahead and roll me a, uh, a 1d20. And uh, where you hit might matter here. Well, that's exactly what you needed. You are within the structure range. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, not only... The snake decapitates the Klingon. Yeah, so not only uh, do you inflict uh, a total of six breaches in your first fire of the <laughs> round. So... As the phaser uh, array fires several times and impacts the Yarpok, uh, you see on the view screen that the Yarpok's hull integrity has been extremely compromised. Uh, there are humongous hull breaches across the entire ship. Uh, and even though uh, there are some emergency force fields trying to flicker into place, you still see fires raging. Uh, you see uh, people or bodies being blown into space, and the ship uh, is basically listing in space. Uh, it is unable to move, and it is, for all intents and purposes, uh, one more attack away from being completely destroyed. Probably right, the moment so we should hail them. I, I've got two. I've got an idea here, which. We may or may not want to do, depending on how fancy we want to be. Because mm -hmm. I, I think uh, splitting up into multiverse assault mode is a helm action, right? I believe it is, yes. Mm -hmm. but I, I'm thinking, do we want to be wasteful and spend some momentum to keep the initiative again and split into multi-vector assault mode just as a final intimidation tactic and then we call for the attack. Actually, you can only hold like, do that once. And yeah. then they have Never mind. Let's, just, let's hope the attack on its own is enough. So uh, that was a that was a good turn there. Um, pretty productive, actually. Yeah. So uh, up next is going to be all of their turns since you went twice. Um, might actually help if I put my uh, macros on my bar. Uh, so the first uh, Klingon attack vessel, uh, or not Klingon, the Cardassian attack vessel, the CDS Togoth, is uh, going to fire a torpedo salvo at you guys. And it will just whiff completely. Uh, Into the Klingon's neck. <laughs> they didn't fail that bad. Um, the Yarpok, uh, listing in space, uh, is going to attempt to fire at the Ophion, but it is going to be at an increased difficulty. Uh, oh, okay. So with that crit, uh, their disruptors will hit the Ophion. Um, also remember, phasers are one power, so you should be at uh, minus one power. Uh, let me see, how much damage am I rolling for their disruptors? Ten. If, okay. So they're weaker than uh, the one we had in the Mirror Universe, the Arcadia yep. had. Okay, uh, so let's break this down. Uh, so, uh, they have Vicious 1, so that has a grand total of 12 damage. Uh, your scale 5, so that is a resistance of, obviously, 5. No, don't you have a Blade of Armor? I think we do. Yeah. Check, check the sheet. Yeah. Yep, uh, a Blade of Armor, an extra 2 resistance. Okay, so you have 7 resistance. Uh, so that 12 gets knocked down to 5. However, five is the magic number for a breach. So you will take five shield damage. And I get to roll uh, to see what system got hit. 
Ah, we just put the engines back together. Let's see. A 14 is literally the same thing. So uh, you suffer one breach to structure. So the entire ship uh, shudders and power conduits rupture and consoles explode and personnel are hurled around. And I need to roll a challenge die to see if a random character on the ship has been injured. All right. A character on the ship has been injured. Who shall it be? Uh, God, how many supporting characters do I have again? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, who, ten. Who nine, needs to quickly swap out for this stunt double? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. All right, so I'm going to roll a 1d26. And that's uh, who of the named characters is going to get injured. A 25. Hey, Locke, you're our lucky winner. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> So, Locke, uh, your console does explode, and the obligatory rocks that are in every single console ever just kind of rain down on you. Ah! And uh, Why is there high explosives behind the sensors? <laughs> and uh, importantly, uh, this injury is considered to be a lethal injury. Um, however, you can, as usual, spend uh, momentum or determination to avoid the injury. I think that's a good idea. Uh, actually, I was actually looking this up. Spending determination does not avoid the injury; it just lets you continue to act despite the injury. Ah, which means if you get injured again, you are auto dead. Good to know. Big distinction. I always thought it was just avoid, but all right. No, you you can actually spend your determination to regain the ability to uh, avoid the injury. But so I need so um. I'm going to take the injury because we need our momentum and just stay at my console. Okay. Um, so, wait, so you're dead or? No, I, I'm injured. Um, and yeah, technically at the end of the scene, I will like fall unconscious and need to be treated, but I can continue to act for the rest. Kind of like... Unless your console explodes a second time. And unless I get hit again, in which case I'm dead. Mm-hmm. So Locke Which staggers over to another console and transfers sensor operation. All right. And for the for what's for you know kind of a mental picture here. So Locke is sporting some very, very nasty burns. And although none of you are uh doctors by trade, at least on the bridge, uh the way he's moving would suggest that uh something is wrong with his rib cage. So the force right arm of... dangling, useless, just using the left, leaning on the wall. Yeah, he he does not look good. Blue blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Medical team to the bridge. All right. Uh, Beckett replies, uh, "Sending Vara up right now, sir. Uh, I've got injuries coming in all over the place." I've I've put the fire out on his console okay. with a extinguisher. Uh, as you do that, the other Cardassian vessel, the CDS or Sir John, is also going to fire a torpedo salvo. And will whiff. And I'm going to roll here because this could impact the Negvar class. It will impact the Negvar class. So <laughs> the Sir John fires a torpedo and for the you know, for the darndest moment, you're you're bracing for another impact, but at the last second, it skims right over where your shields are, and careens into the Yarpok, and 
you can almost hear in your minds the angry shouts of the Klingon general as his ship goes up in a violent explosion, sending debris and everything flying. Uh, um, yes. As they fire, is there a way I could try to transport the general to our ship? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. I mean, we haven't used our internal systems. I was just about to point yet, that out. Yeah. If you spend to keep the momentum, because that's what the initiative. Two... Well, yeah, oh, yeah, I initiative. mean, it's our turn next, so I didn't know if like it immediately goes up or if there was something like I don't know. I'll say, if you spend two momentum, I'll let it happen. But you still have to roll for transporters. Okay. Yep, that sounds Roll for transporters. All right. So, uh, for transporters, uh, let's break it down. Uh, it is at medium range, so that's plus one. Uh, the target is not on a transporter pad, so that's plus one. Uh, are you beaming the general to the transporter room or anywhere in particular? Uh... As, I will say, as... Skull Pinek, I'm transporting the. I'm gonna attempt to transport the general over. Do you want him on the bridge or put him down in the transporter room and put him in the brig? Beam him to the bridge. All right. Uh, get get um, Shatsu bring get a security team up here. So just I'll so you think... know, uh, if you do beam to the bridge, that's another plus one. So what's the difficulty it's now? Four now. Pretty high. Five. Ooh, five. Yeah, we don't have the extra momentum for that. Okay, beam him to the transporter room and get a security team to escort him to the brig. Okay, Connect so that was... security. Report to your transporter room two. Uh, so Kairano says, at once, sir. And uh, so this would be uh, a difficulty four task. Uh, this would be a control plus engineering from Matic. The ship will assist with sensors plus engineering. And yeah, it is a difficulty four. Uh, last momentum for the third dice. Okay. Quantum mechanics or power systems? Oh, come on, ship. Uh, I'll be nice and say quantum mechanics applies here, because teleporters. Okay. Uh, Pinnect to Serrano. Non-lethal, please. Of course, sir. Everyone claps your hands together, cross your fingers, do what you need to do. Oh, oh son of a bitch. Um not even close. I yeah. do have technical expertise. And it was uh well It was by the sensors. I'll I'll let it happen. Probably shouldn't, but okay. I'll let it happen. So which dice are we re rolling? Uh I guess I'm just gonna re roll any of them that didn't succeed. Okay. I guess I'll re-roll mine because I have a higher focus yeah, thing. It's like, you re-roll any one dice and you've got better stats. Mm -hmm. Oh, <sighs> so uh, here's what's going to happen unless you happen. spend determination. Ouch. I don't um, think it's worth it in my opinion, but that's up. A... I would say, let, let's figure that out though. Are you going to spend determination for the re-roll or no? I, I'm fine to just let him 
get smooshed as with his ship. But. I mean, Maddox has some questions for him, seeing as he is a general. Uh, Daystrom Institute related questions. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm sure just dealing with the. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure the Cardassians would probably know just as much. Okay. So. All right. In that case, uh, Matic, uh, you fire off the transporter. And uh, after a moment, uh, as the Yarpok does explode, um, the transporter room reports, uh, sir, we didn't get him. Clean up in transporter room two. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, at this point, uh, it's I'll be nice and say it is still your turn. Um, so if you want to say, uh, I don't know, hail and maybe apply to their senses to leave, that can happen. Very, yeah. Uh, Helm, bring us about to face them. Uh, keep weapons charged. Open hailing frequencies. Alright. So uh, hailing them now, Captain. Sona flips you all over. And, uh, yeah. Uh, this time, uh, your call has been answered by a Cardassian individual. Um, he just kind of looks at you almost a little bit bewildered and says, What? Terran technology is this? How in the world did you manage to construct such a thing without us knowing? It's my experience that the Cardassians are often the more level-headed partner of the Klingon-Cardassian alliance. Therefore, I am giving you one chance. Power down your weapons and flee back to your borders. The Cardassian officer does not say anything, but he does motion off screen, and sure enough, uh, both of the Galar classes uh, immediately power down their weapons, uh, turn, and bug the hell out of system at the highest warp they can manage. Um, I'm Mr. Tin. Uh, Tin, Matic, uh, scan the wreckage of the Varpok for survivors or any interests or any um, computers that we could salvage. So it's probably about this time that Vara uh, arrives on the bridge and goes over to Locke and uh, she quickly scans him with her her medical tricorder and says "Uh, no, you need to be in sickbay now. And uh, she taps her comm badge and says uh, Vara to uh, transporter room uh, emergency beam to er, to medical bay Uh, myself and and, and, uh, Lieutenant Locke. And uh, Blue Shimmer and uh, Locke and Farah are taken away to be under Beckett's care. Um, meanwhile, took... uh, on the bridge, as I move tokens around here, yeah. Um, your scan for uh, any salvageable components. Um, I'm looking for specifically data information, uh, computer core, anything that is information related. I don't really care if there are survivors. Okay. 
in that case, Matic, uh, I think you know by now it's reason plus science. Um, ship is assisting with sensors plus science. Uh, what's the difficulty? Uh, I'm going to make the difficulty here a... Uh, let's make it a three. Let's let's use some of that threat since you blew up my ship. <laughs> uh, because I feel bad for you, I'm going to give you a six threat to just go in and get five die. <laughs> 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 All right, sure. How, how magnanimous of you! <laughs> and then Victus shows up. Yes, and then Victus of Borg shows up. All right, well, okay. Oh, what the hell? You, uh, uh, sh- oh wow, you got the three you needed. So that's the good well, news. The ship still needs to roll. If they're using sensors, I'm just going to go ahead and re-roll one of those zeros. Uh, nope. nope. Uh, all right. So who's doing the ship? Uh, I'm trying to find it. There we go. Sensors plus... Science. Science. Nope. 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 All right. So, Matic, uh, you are able, uh, either by sheer luck or uh, either you just have experience in such things... Uh, you are able to salvage, or at least pinpoint, uh, a intact, uh, if not battered and bruised, quote-unquote, uh, secondary computer core, which might hold some information still within it. Uh, Captain? Yes? I'm picking up a uh, secondary uh, data core. Um do you want me to... How big is it? Is it big enough to be my board, or do we need to establish a data link? Um, I'll say this is probably one of the backups, so it's probably about the size of a... Uh, what would be a good equivalent here? Um, we'll say it's probably about three meters by three meters, so it's something you could potentially bring aboard, but it's probably going to have to be in a cargo bay. Yeah, okay. Uh suggestion is we beam it to cargo bay three sounds good to me all right and uh yeah you find a plus one battle um <laughs> i'll okay, say uh a vocal bat left would be insane bat left. oh god um i'll be nice instead of having you roll for it uh you are able to salvage the data core no problem um other than that, though, uh, unless you really want to start scanning for survivors or uh, plus one batliths, uh, that's pretty much all you find. Um, as it gets transported uh, on, mm-hmm. um, if Manic isn't needed, he will go to the cargo bay and start hooking up to the uh, hooking the stuff up to the uh, data core. Okay. That's that's fine. Um, I'm going to wait for to make sure that the Cardassians go uh, are completely leaving sensor range, and then I'll order uh, Sona to take us back to the planet and resume power up operations. All right. So the one thing you will detect for free um, is that the Cardassians are now definitely squawking as they fly away. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so. Um, 
So I'm, I'm guessing we want to sort of figure out that how to get back to the Prime Universe quickly deal. Yes, um, I'm going to go to Murthrin and... Or, oh, wait, you're not on the bridge. Uh, Skull to Murthrin. <clears throat> Murthrin here. I'm um, guessing damage. by the fact that I'm still standing here, we've won? C correct. What uh, damage report? Uh, we took a few bad hits to the structure from that... Uh, rear strike from the Cardassian warship, but other than that, we're fine. Fantastic. We're heading back to the planet. Um, as Take as many teams of engineers and scientists you need to see if we can't get that thing started up any quicker. Alright, I mean, <clears throat> I wouldn't want to rush it too fast, but we'll see what we can do about figuring out what happened to get us here in the first place and maybe reversing it on the way back. Sounds good to me. Um, uh, bridge, bridge to sick bay. How's Locke doing? Uh, Beckett here, sir. Uh, good news. Uh, Locke's made it through the worst of it. Uh, he'll be fine, but I will say he is not cleared for duty for at least a couple days. Uh, luckily, he was the most severe injury I've had to treat. Uh, everyone else was just bumps and bruises. Damn it, I need that brain of his. Very well. Um, Chief Highlong, congratulations. You're our new science officer. Figure out what the heck's going on with the sun. That one, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, as much as I hate to go back to this map again, because we've used it, what, like 80 times this last session? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the series reused sets. Yeah. yeah. This one's getting some good mileage. All right, so uh, Mirthrin's on the planet for sure. Uh, Kyranos, we'll say he's there for security. Why not? Mm -hmm. uh, prob probably pouting that he didn't get to fight a Klingon. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Hylong like... is played by Locke. Uh, we'll be there. Um, Matic, are you going to be full-on uh, computer core at this point, or would you go down to help with the engineering teams? Um. He's going to call Panek to the cargo bay real quick. Okay. On my way. All right. And yeah. So uh, whenever Panek shows up, he sees that the data core has been connected. Uh, Maddox also going to hand Panek a data pad. Um, basically what it says is Panek's been approved to look at uh, R&D names uh, and he's able to look at supplementary data about projects that Maddox is working on for the Daystrom Institute, but he can't look into exact details and specifications. I'll scan the data pad. And, uh, very well, Mr. Maddox. Uh, I'll begin uh, perusing your, your uh, supplementary data. Uh, what can you tell me about this Klingon data bank? Um, I mean, as far as I could tell, it looks very similar to the databanks back in our universe. Uh, something that I will let the captain know about, uh, the reason I had everyone scan for Borg is uh, back on the Arcadia, whenever our, at the time, Ensign Los had to, uh, he went over to the Mirror Universe to uh, save uh, someone who had been trapped over there. Um... There was a Borg called Victus of Borg. 
he ended up capturing the is it ISS? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ISS Enterprise. And he began and from what we know of the operation then is he has begun rebuilding the Borg Collective as him the leader. Um since then the times we've ex- we've placed operatives in the mirror universe and brought them back we've had information come our way about him and his collective i think there may be more information on here about that very well retrieve what you can uh be sure to pass along any pertinent information in regards to this nearby system that we're in and the sector, as that uh, un- undoubtedly will come in handy. Uh, and then if you have any free time, see if you can devote some of that towards helping us return back to our uh, own universe. Well, I figured that uh, if they've been in this system for a while, Maybe they've been messing with the uh, installation, so we may find additional info on here that we weren't able to get because the just went blank on who they are. Guys on the other side that we were dealing with. <laughs> the uh, Vahiri. Vahiri. What the Vahiri didn't, what the Vahiri stripped from us, they may, the Klingons and Cardassians may have done some additional research on. Let's do observation. Uh, see what you can find for us. Uh, you can link Miss Sienna into this uh, data bank if necessary. Uh, I was going to ask you permission to do that. Uh, thank you. Uh, with her going through it, though, that would probably allow me to go ahead and go to the surface. Uh, very well, I will inform the away team on the surface to expect All right. you. Alright. Alright, so using the fusion reactor to simulate the conditions of the plasma ion storm that caused the original transporter malfunction on the Constitution class Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be able to get us back, but I don't know if that'll be able to uh, the ship back as well. Gateway's a very different. I if we would... use, oh, go ahead. If we use particle beams and maybe some electromagnetic charges to induce solar flare activity in the sun, it might replicate the effects we were, the probes are detecting on the other system. Hmm. Yeah, so Mercer sort of thinks about that for a minute. Yeah, what? Yeah, sure. Let, let, let's add destabilizing a sun to the list, shall we? <laughs> well, it would only need to be a, a temporary storm. That's well, technically not our universe, so. Look at how uh, Mr. Murphy breaks it off. Uh, uh, he's kind of cheated to it at this point. And, and plus, inducing solar flares on the sun in an uninhabited system is less ethically fraught than other stuff. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something I'm sure that has been done many times for many reasons. Um. We are, however, still Federation officers, regardless of what universe we're in. It's true. Um, how do I want to say this? So, because I do kind of want to, you know, experiment with our new ending time, um, 
I'll say for sake of argument, uh, you know, not to cut our piece short or anything, um, but I'll say for sake of argument, uh, you guys spend the next day uh, tossing theories, crunching the numbers, etc. And uh, as your initial hypothesis that you just kind of brought up a few moments ago, uh, if you induce uh, you know, stellar activity and open the portal at the same time, you're about 70% sure that'll get it, get you back to where you came from in your own universe. Uh, at however, least a very comparable universe. Yeah. Uh, however, um, there is a small catch, and that is whether or not you destroy the facility as you leave. Oh, I have a, I have I have a, a thought for this. Okay. Okay, so, um, Mr. Panek, um, Mirthrin, please prepare the tricobalt device and beam it to the planet's surface with a, let's say, a 24-hour um, keep-alive timer. Delay. If it does, just, yeah. just so we can come back and disable it if it turns out this doesn't work. Precisely. If it doesn't receive the kill code within 24 hours, it is to detonate. Uh, I, sir, I can get uh, engineering working on that. Thank you. Hide that away in the facility somewhere. Okay. Uh, so that probably takes uh, maybe another hour or two. And by then, uh, by the time you've set everything up for your attempt to get back <laughs> to your own universe, uh, long-range scans do indicate the presence of not one, not two, not three, a grand total of seven ships headed in your direction. We can take them. Can we set uh, the timer would, would to like, six hours? Uh, Captain, would you like me to decrease the timer on that tricobalt device? Yes, let's make it six, please. Let's throw a Mirthron at him. <laughs> <laughs> that is a tactically unsound uh, plan, Mr. Panek, and I'm quite disappointed in you and your Vulcanism. Oh. All right. So, uh, I actually need uh, a 1d100 roll for this because I don't think it really fits into any of the appropriate attributes or disciplines. Yep, we just have to find out whether we end up... Yeah, cause... well, um, put it this way. We, we get a second try if this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that... Assuming the facility still exists at the other planet. One will find out. Uh, who wants to roll? Um, yeah. Before we roll uh during the time that manic isn't necessarily needed for calculations and all that uh Mm -hmm. he wants to go through the facility with a engineering team Mm -hmm. and he wants to try to get some of the tech that the vori uh stole okay because because we're going to be blowing it up anyway so may as well just strip it for useful parts so do you do you want me to roll for that, or no, do I just uh, get a I'm bunch just going to let it stuff? happen. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you set up the tricobalt device to explode a little bit sooner, and uh, I'm assuming, Captain, you give the order to go on with the plan. Yes, I do. All right. So, uh, all at once, uh, you fire off uh, some explosives, probably more photon torpedoes, uh, into the sun to induce uh, solar activity. Uh, it takes a little bit, but sure enough, the sun does become turbulent from the explosives. And at the same time, you activate the installation, and much, very similar to its sister facility, it opens up a grand aperture in the 
uh, upper atmosphere. And again, as Sona takes you through, uh, there's again a period of weightlessness and stomach turning uh, before you arrive uh, in the middle of space uh, somewhere. Uh, You are nowhere near uh, any systems whatsoever. In fact, you have no idea where you are uh, at the current Actually, uh, I, I just thought the mm-hmm. straight one, the 1d100 roll to find out whether the thing we ended up in the same place probably makes more sense for you to roll that. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing and I rolled it, uh, I rolled it on GM's screen. Oh, okay, cool. um, so, yeah, you're kind of just staring at it a blank star field at the moment. Miss um, um, Highlong, has... where are we? Um, scanning now, Captain. It seems to be space. Hi, <laughs> Long. It's been a long day, Chief. Don't test me. Right. Because um, that's totally something Highlong would say, too. Um, yeah, if Highlong wants to do a. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the, sh- the ship is assisting with sensors and science? I'd assume so. Mm hmm. Who's rolling for the ship? Uh, just, well, just done it. Oh, oh. dear. Oh. oh boy, a complication. <sighs> so, high like long. I mean, we succeeded, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. High long. Good news, bad news. Well, good news, bad news, bad news. Uh, good news. You are back in your own universe where you're supposed to be. Uh, bad news number one. Uh, it has approximately been if. Because uh, you are getting signals from deep space dataless and uh, quote unquote the timekeeping sort of subspace channel, whatever it would be in the 24th century. Um, a grand total of two weeks has transpired since you went through the portal. Third bad news, or second bad news, based on the readings you, you have right now, you're in the middle of Tholian assembly space. Well, surely. Oh, Okay, that's probably a good cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, Captain? Yes, Matic? Um, I'm sure this is pretty common sense, but uh, what's the uh, maximum warp this ship can go again? We're, bu- we're going to find out. <laughs> uh, Matic to Merthrin. Merthrin here. I'm on my way to engineering. Um, we're going to see how fast this ship can go. Uh, what's happened? Uh, we're in the middle of Tholian space. I will prime the engines. <laughs> I don't care if you put on 90 slow jams and make sweet love to the engines. We need to go. I'm just going to look at Pinecchio. What's a slow jam? I'll show you later, sir. <laughs> Isn't that the last time ones? Oh, God. I'm, just, I'm, I'm now just imagining so the captain and Panek dancing to uh, flash dance. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we're going to end it there because that's a good cliffhanger. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's do it on screen because uh, otherwise I'm going to forget. So we do need to do rep rolls before we cut the session off, at least for the stream. Um, based on everything that I added up, uh, everybody has uh two positive momentum however Merthrin, matic 
and Panek all have one negative. I can't imagine why. <laughs> what was my negative? Uh, because uh, you were responsible for the away team that uh, okay. you know yeah, blew up the yeah. Bohiri. Uh, it doesn't go as high as the captain, but somebody had to be responsible. Yeah. All right, so that was plus two reputation and then a negative reputation. So I've never rolled a negative. What? How do I do that? Uh, you roll 2d20. Oh, oh, was it two rolls, not just you... two flat increases? Yeah. Yeah, The um, each positive is another d20, and each negative is the difficulty. So instead of having a difficulty two, you guys have a difficulty one. Mm-hmm. So I still just roll 2d20. Wouldn't it be difficulty three, though, because it's bad reputation? No, it's just a if because you, you can still fail the roll, but if you don't have a difficulty, you just don't gain or lose anything. You what? guys actually yes. have to ah, gotcha. one roll. All right, so Panek, what is your current reputation? Fifteen. All right, uh, I believe you actually increased by one. Then yes. So with two bonuses, does that mean I roll? All right. Oh God. Uh... I'll answer you in a second, Skull. Let me parse Bishop. So, Bishop, uh, I believe your current rep is what? 11? 12? Uh, 15. 15 as well. Okay. Uh, you also go up by one. Uh, Matic, what is your current reputation? I think mine's a 10. All right. Well, uh, because you rolled uh, a literal one, that counts as double, so you go up by two. Uh, Locke, uh, what is your reputation? I cannot find it. I think I have read I believe it's like 12 or something like that. Um, there is a, uh, if you click the little cog on your character sheet, there actually is fields for uh, reputation and milestones. My, I have a, a 13. Okay. Uh, so you actually, with that one, are going to go up to 15. Uh, Captain, what is your rep? Reputation 13 currently. All right, so I believe you only go up by one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, I will say uh, we'll also do milestone on, on camera, quote unquote. Um, this is definitely going to be the end of an arc um, because we've been at this stupid planet for God knows how long. <laughs> um, well, only like two episodes. Well, three, really. But uh, oh, that's a good point. I figure this is probably a good end to the quote-unquote secondary to con arc. Uh, so I want to give um, everybody a... We're definitely going to focus on other stuff in the meantime. Yeah. Um, so what I want to do is I want to give everybody a free arc, uh, regardless of whether or not you're supposed to have one yet. Um, so you guys have all an arc to mess with as you wish. Nice. Um, of course, that means you can mess with the ship. Uh you can mess with the uh, the uh, the supporting characters. Just know that if uh, you're messing with the ship, uh, it's gonna have to wait until Deep Space Daedalus. Uh, so you'll just have to like note it down and let me know once we get back to DSD. Um, other than that, uh, let's end the stream there. So of course, players stick around. But for anyone watching on Twitch or YouTube, uh, thanks as always, and we will see you next week at our new time. All right, bye bye.